Hi guys, Biggie Hazard here with the Tottenham Depot from Philip Lane. Listen here. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. The reason that I'm here is because you know, the club is seeking change. Well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a completely different first team under me. You know, my hope and my desire, and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 136. And it is our season preview. The, the the summer is finally, finally over. Better late than never. We, uh, we're we coming to you a little bit later on in the week this week. Is it, it, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Did not get around to doing a pod this weekend. Uh, I was out of town. Uh, the others who very were, were fully capable of, of, of hosting in my place, but we just had a lot going on. So apologies to the listeners. Uh, this is not the normal Sunday spot for the podcast. Uh, but it is Tuesday evening here in the states, and we are getting this thing done because, uh, as I said, the season's over. The 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 preseason's over. The the games count now. It, it's 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 all real from here. Uh, the Premier League season does start for Spurs on Sunday against Brentford. Uh, but we've got uh, a couple of friendlies to to wrap up on, a couple new signings to talk about, uh, and of course more drama with Harry Kane because that's just never going to go away. Uh, we'll start by throwing it out to Mister. At DSM Spurs himself, Scott is with us. Scott, what's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just came inside, anger to be. I was going to take this podcast from the back porch, but um, and I will also say for the record that I was not one of those who would host. I I don't want to host. I I don't want I don't want to listen to other people's opinions. I want to give my own and share my own. So I uh, I uh, you know just for the record, will not be volunteering for that in the future either. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hopefully the the B you angered was not a Brentford B. Hopefully we can leave that until next week and leave oh, them shit. angry. We do play Brentford. Yeah. That, that would, that would, yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's not a, a little uh, <laughs> little B trying to get revenge on you for for something you haven't even done. Uh, Caroline hey, is also with us. I'll take a sting if it's three points, man. So oh, you know what? Fair. I'm glad you would do that. Take one for the team. Uh, Caroline is also with us. She is at CG Stefko. Caroline, how is your sleep schedule right now with the Women's World Cup still ongoing? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll, I'll totally take the blame for the failure to host this weekend because my sleep schedule basically failed me. Um, and I'm delighted to find out that there is not another game until 8 p.m. tomorrow. I, I'm going to actually get to sleep tonight. Like, that's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, basically the World Cup has taken over my life, and I'm not – prepared for the Premier League season to start necessarily, but I'm also excited to see what happens. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I hear you. And once the knockout stages do come about, there are, of course, fewer games, and that's that's it is a little easier to cope with. Um, we will talk a little Women's World Cup later on in the pod. Um, disappointing but expected result for the U.S. Uh, women's team, if you ask me personally, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of that, too. Uh, also on the podcast this evening is a man who uh, has not been with us for, for for a little bit of time, but he, he decided to come back and wear the the horrendous scuba kit on camera for us this evening. Uh, it's Dakota. He is at Dakota J. Booth. Uh, Dakota, why would you uh, decide to grace us with your presence and wear that monstrosity on camera? Well, uh, I realized, you know, I bought this 
jersey at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which I realized was also the last time that I was on the podcast. Andrew, you and I from Teeny Tiny Hotel Room. Back in back in uh, March. Back in March. Um, also, while we were there, got to see Harry Kane score a brace inside that stadium. Um, and there's tons going on with him. And you know, you're, I don't, I don't appreciate these connections at all. I just think that the, well, the, the jerseys, <laughs> the, the kids, the kids ugly. We can just admit that, right? Uh, you can admit it. I will. Yeah, for, I will continue to deny it. But hey, for, we're coming from Spurs Sundays to Tottenham Tuesdays. We're going from strength to strength, and we're all here together. And that's really what matters. The trophy, the trophies are the friends we made along the way. You guys. Fair, fair enough. For those who, for the uninitiated, Dakota is a big fan of the purple scuba kit, and uh, we all incessantly make fun of him about that because it is uh, possibly the worst kit that Spurs have ever worn. So, uh, you know, we'll just we'll just enjoy that uh, for the time being. Uh, hoping Todd can join us at some point. He had some uh, connection issues, uh, and if not, we will we will catch him on Sunday following uh, the first Premier League match of the season, as I mentioned against Brentford. But before we get into any of any of that. Um, Spurs made a couple signings since we last podcasted. Uh, they made two of them. In fact, just this morning, uh, Mickey Vandeven came across the line as well as Alejo Veliz. Did I say that anywhere close to correct? Does anyone know? Does anyone care? I care. I like to get. It's passable. It's passable. Okay. I like to try to get names proper, but um, it might take me a couple tries. Uh, and we also signed Ashley Phillips finally this past weekend. Um, so, you know, you, a couple more incomings, not a bad thing. Um, a couple of defenders, not a bad thing uh, as well as a young striker. Um, I guess these are all kind of, I, I guess the, 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 the Valise one is, is, is not one that we really saw coming until, you know, really like last week, I think is when it started to fire up. But, um, but it, the other two I think had been long rumored. Um, but Scotty, where are you on, on these signings? It's, you know, it's another collection of, of young, talented players. I think Vandeven is probably the one that sticks out because he's the, the one that we've all really been waiting on to be that, that new center back that could potentially come right in and start. Yeah. I mean, firstly, Phillips is, is certainly one for the future and even said in, in the initial interview that his goal was to, to be you know, find his way in to be in and around the first team in, in training, right? So I don't think he expects to play this season. I would expect him to get significant minutes in a very prominent role with, with the U8, uh, U21s rather, and, and you know, hopefully start training with the first team by the end of the season. Uh, obviously, Van de Ven, like you said, is, is coming into play quickly. He, he has to be. Um, this is one where I don't really know much about the player other than he's highly regarded and he has to play because he's better than what we have just probably by default, unfortunately, and no disrespect to those guys that that would fall after him, but it is what it is. And he's here to play. And with the I couldn't, couldn't tell you a lick of what's going on with the guy. I thought he was a center back at first when we were starting, <laughs> when, when, when it came out that we were signing this player. So I had to figure out through, I think our group chat that he was in fact a striker, which begs Fair more enough. questions for me. Right. But, but I don't know much about the guy. I, I can say that I, I think it's fucking awesome that we're going and signing players in this realm, uh, age realm rather from South America. I think it's incre it's incredibly smart. It's got to be great scouting. We see some of the, the biggest clubs in the world operating like this, right? Real Madrid, for example, 
pretty much builds their entire squad out of buying 17, 18 year olds from, from Real Madrid and then supplementing it with superstars. Right. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff and, and I'll be curious to see what he looks like, but I don't have a clue. Speaking of uh, coming to play, uh, the Todd father has joined us. His connection issues be damned. He is at TC underscore the show. Todd, what's going on, my friend? Any day, y'all. Any day that you can talk about getting two signings over the line. It's, uh, it's a good day. It's a good day. It definitely is. I, um, I'm actually really excited about Mickey. Um, you know, out of the IX Academy, uh, said to embody Cruyffism. Um, that's super exciting. And if you saw the way that Eric Dyer shot the bed today, um, you, you know exactly why I'm excited that we can get somebody in with a little – that can make up some ground playing a high line. Holy cannoli. Yeah, that's been that's been the biggest thing that I've heard about Van de Ven is that 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 get back speed. He's got the pace. Uh, Dakota, what 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 are you most excited about from these from this collection of signings, um, including including young Ashley Phillips, which I think was one that was rumored uh, a few weeks ago and then looked like it might go away, and then all of a sudden, you know, I was out of town over the weekend, and it just I just realized I just realized it happened today. That's how out of touch I was. Are you our Alistair Gold? <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you know that would be nice. I would I would go out of town more often if that were the case. But uh, but no, what's 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 exciting you most about these guys? Yeah, I I think um, you know a homegrown player, Ashley Phillips, always going to be nice to have those numbers. Like we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, especially as the squad looks a little thin in that area. Vandeven, um you know, maybe, maybe a little too on the nose here, but could have some Vertonghen-esque ability about him. Um, and hopefully he turns into even half player that Ian Vertonghen was for us. Um, what a coup that would be. And then, you know, this guy named Lionel Messi, if you guys have ever heard of him, um, said that he was excited about Alejo Veliz, um, mm-hmm. leading potentially leading the line for Argentina sometime soon. Um, so I'll just take his word for it. Um, and also he be excited. He's played with some guys. So yeah. It doesn't, doesn't Messi play in that farmer's league in the United States now? Didn't he move? He there? does. I don't know. He does. Okay. He's, he's been, sure. he's been walking around wearing overalls, just really into the farmer vibe. Messi has, or, 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 or Valise has. No, Messi. Yeah. Oh. I was going to say, if we could get like, all the all the players at Spurs to wear overalls to a game that would be kind of fun actually I would be like I would kind of be down with that vibe just for the just for the photo op you know you know I how mean, they photograph the players as long as they're in. made by Balenciaga I think we could pull it off they <laughs> gotta be they gotta be um <laughs> I, you know none of these we've obviously not seen any of these guys we, we, we have seen some of these players now in in, in friendlies and you know, the Spurs have played two since we last uh, did a podcast. Uh, they they defeated Shakhtar uh, on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 5-1 and uh, were defeated by Barcelona 4-2 today. I, this is the part of the podcast where I remind everyone that, like I said, I was out of town this weekend, did not get to see any of that match. I was working today and we needed to bang out a podcast. So I did not have not gotten a chance to watch the Barcelona match either, but um caroline you i know poked at both of these at least what 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 if anything can we learn from either i mean we're not going to spend a ton of time on these two friendlies they're they're friendly matches but what if anything can we learn from you know Angeball ball and what we're seeing i mean look 
I, I can tell you that everything I read online after the game today tells me that that was a pretty exciting match and an exciting way that Spurs played. And even though they lost the match 4-2, um, it sounded like an entertaining one that I think I might actually have to go back and watch. Did, did you feel the same way? Yeah, I, I think what we're learning really from these preseason friendlies is that the whole squad seems to be taking on Ange's system in the attacking sense really well. The defense is still a major work in progress, and that's going to obviously change with new personnel like Mickey Vandeven coming in and some going out, we hope. <laughs> but Fingers crossed. I, yeah, right. I, I feel very encouraged, though, to see like just that we're we're actually playing on the front foot. The fitness levels seem better. Like it, We don't feel weighed down the way we did under Conte. So it's just been very refreshing. Um, I also think with the friendly from today specifically against Barcelona, uh, it was really great to see Skip getting into some of those more attacking positions that I have been wanting him to be in for a long time. Um, so that was really great. I, I kind of wish we had seen Ashley Phillips. I know he was on the bench, but he didn't feature. Um, and I, I guess with the new signings, I just have questions about how we're going to wrangle this squad list into a Premier League roster. Um, yeah, slash there's, there's a lot of people cup. have questions about that for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I, I kind of feel like he, Phillips specifically, you know, he's had some first team minutes with Blackburn, I think it was. So you kind of wish that we would get a chance to see him in some of the cup competitions, but obviously we have fewer of those than usual this season. So I don't know. We'll see. I think the, the belief from everything I've read with, with Phillips is that he's probably going to play with the under 23 squad and not even be a, a full on member of the first team squad. Um, the other two, I mean, obviously Van is going to be in the squad, but, I'm not sure about Valise yet. He, he's a young guy too, and it, it, he could be one for more, more one for the future, or perhaps yeah. just throw him in there and be a backup, right, Todd? No, nah, what, what I'm what I'm hearing is is what you had said. Uh, both Phillips and and Valise will probably play with the under 21s, and then um, you know, depending on how it goes, they'll they'll look for a loan uh, for the second half of the year. Um, which I mean, it makes sense. They're both, you know, uh, Phillips is homegrown, Belize is under twenty-one. It's fine. You can keep them around. That's the nice part about going young. Though the squad is bloated, there's a lot of young players, so there's some moving parts there. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I guess, like I said, there's not a lot to be learned other than vibes seem good, and I, I think that's as we start to get into previewing this season, like. Uh, what I've learned from what I've seen in the preseason, and I, I've I've watched a decent bit of the, of the other games, and you know I'm going to go back and catch these games. Is that, like I said, the vibes are there, the the attitude seems there. If the talent's not quite there, and the talent we hope is going to catch up with, you know, more incomings at least on the defensive line, and then getting the how do I put this delicately. Uh, <laughs> the not as talented out the door, the, the guys who have been here for a while and have proven that they're not of this, of this ilk and of this level uh, as of yet. And um, I, you know, that's already reportedly started with Joe Rodon uh, rumored to be going on loan to Leeds United. Um, there's, there's a lot still to be done with this squad before we even get into any of that though, I guess for the third or maybe 30th straight week, we've still got to talk about Harry Kane because 
Harry Kane to Bayern continues to just live in our lives. And we've heard a lot basically leaning on the fact that if Harry Kane is, you know, in the lineup for Brentford on Sunday, which everyone would expect him to be if he's still in the team, um, that he's going to stick around for the for the year. He doesn't want to start the season with Spurs and then bolt for Bayern um, in another few weeks while the window is still open. I I guess I'm okay with that. I'm also I'm also just to the point where and and I've been to this point for weeks now, uh, Scott, and and that's that I'm done with it. I'm done with the whole situation, and I'm just ready for you know. Todd brought up last week on the pod. You're, I'm ready for resolution. Yes, I'm also ready for this whole shit to just be over. Like I don't want to have to speak Harry Kane's name on the podcast anymore unless he scored a goal or two for us in a game. Like that's where I'm or four. Or four. I'm I'm just I'm fed up at this point. Really, I hundred percent agree. I think I I uh, I'm at the point where I don't care either way whether he stays or goes. I just I just don't care. I'm over it. Whatever happens, happens. I think the only thing I really don't want to happen is for him to leave on a free. Um, if we're gonna lose the greatest player ever, let's get 120 million for him, which is I think what we're working on, right? Um, but I just really don't want to see him walk away for free at the end of next season. But whether he stays or goes this summer, I don't really care. It just doesn't matter to me anymore. I think um, I'm, my focus is on Spurs and and Postacoglu and his his project, right? It's exciting. So whether he's here or not, it just doesn't matter. And, and I'm ready for it to happen. So fortunately, it sounds like this week will be quite telling. And And I think finally we've gotten to a point with the fan base writ large and that's where they are i think most folks are just to the point where they're saying no this is this is post Chicago's team it's not harry kane's team and we're ready to move on in that way dakota what are you hearing from 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 your folks about where this thing is going because it's been it's been weeks upon weeks now and and you know we, we've heard from you the the, the four of us in, in our group chat but the listeners haven't heard from where you are with with this specifically yeah it it, it kind of seems like maybe we're we're wanting more money than is being talked about or byron byron is offering more money than being than is being talked about i don't really know it for sure any of those things i i kind of hope that's true because if we're already talking about some big figures so figures are bigger than what it, we're we're seeing on social media cool kind of i don't really think that the money matters to daniel levy right now as wild as that sounds because byron has because byron has been so pushy and like kind of childish about the whole situation uh of you are going to give us harry kane regardless of what you feel like and at this point, it kind of feels like Daniel Levy's got his heels in, and is like, "Nah, I think we'll just keep him." Uh, Why? And, because he went on vacation during their deadline. No, I no, just because that's kind of how Daniel Levy is. That's so <laughs> I awesome. think, and <laughs> and I really, th- I really think that a club of the financial, a club in the financial level as Spurs. We don't necessarily need a huge fee. If if Harry Kane leaves for free, it's gonna hurt. It's 
going to be awful to lose a player like that that has done so much for our club. But financially, not really going to matter. If anything, it's going to free up half a million per week in the wage budget to be able to go buy three or four players or two or three players yep. to to supplement that. So, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I would like to, obviously, I would like to see Harry Kane stay. But where I'm at really right now is if Harry Kane believes that he can play 10 more years at the highest level, which he has said he does, I want him to sign a 10-year deal. I don't want him to <laughs> sign a two-year extension. Two-year extension means nothing. I personally don't care if Harry Kane breaks the Premier League's goal-scoring record in a time and then moves on. I want him to play for us forever. Or if he doesn't want to be here, I don't want him to be here. It's kind of... Yeah, you want you want what you want whatever is best for yeah whatever is best for for all for all of I think the thing that's um I won't say it's pissed me off it's more just annoyed me about this entire ordeal is that uh, you go back four or five days um I was you know out of town and just kind of scrolling on my phone and seeing everybody basically bidding adieu to Harry Kane and now we're as I said talking on Tuesday. It's the 8th of August and everyone's, I think, just expecting him to just hang around now. And the 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 will he won't he of it all is just. That's where I'm kind of just fed up. So um, if Harry Kane is going to be a part of this team, I think this team will be better for it. I think it'll be a more talented team, obviously. But if he's not, they're still going to go out and play the games and they're still going to go out and, you know, I mean, this, this Sunday against Brentford is still going to happen whether Harry Kane's there or not. Um, and I think it's important that everyone kind of just get on board with that fact. Uh, and I think most people have, I think most people are not, nobody's crying in their Cheerios about the fact that Harry Kane might not be on this team come Sunday or come next month. Um, everybody's just kind of ready for whatever's going to well, happen. happen. I, I think the weirdest part about all of it though, is that, you know, there there is a chance that a bid is accepted this week and he's off, right? We, there's a non-zero chance of that, we'll say. Even when I talk about the fee and, and losing him for free, right? This is a generational once-in-a-lifetime player, once-in-a-couple-lifetime players, right? Losing him on a free hurts regardless, as Dakota said. But, but most importantly, like the manner in which he leaves is the crazy part of all of this to me. Because imagine if we just wake up, there's a tweet that Harry Kane has been sold to Bayern Munich and then Harry Kane quote tweets it and says, Spurs fan, thank you for everything. I love you. The club has been my life. And then he's off to Bayern. Like that, that's, that would feel so strange and just unlike anything else we've seen from a transfer perspective in and out of the club. Like I think in my head, I have this grandiose idea that Kane would have to like come out with this video, this like, you know, 10 minute tribute. And then he talks at the end of it to the fans and explains his decision and that, like, doesn't have to happen either. So I think, you know, when I've talked about this bit of a rant here, but when I've talked about everything that I would have liked to have seen from Harry Kane throughout this entire saga, it, it the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is there's a chance that he could just be sold with, again, a good old retweet that he thanks the fans for everything, and then he's off to Bayern, which would just be like, what the fuck? Just it happened, would be right? mind-blowing. So there's so yeah. many what-the-fuck mind-blowing things that can happen in this entire situation. 
And it's just unlike anything else I've ever experienced and as a Tottenham fan, for sure. I, I have a feeling Charlie's already produced that video that you'd be looking for. Don't worry. I think that that's, <laughs> that's, in, that's already in the can is my guess. No, it's it's weird. You're right. There, there is something about and, – and it's so rare, not just in, in world soccer these days, but in any sport. I mean, it's so rare that you get a player – that plays for one team for his entire career. And that, and when that kind of thing happens, you know, it's really, really special. I know like Caroline, you got to experience that kind of thing with a couple of, of San Antonio Spurs in, in, in the world of basketball. Um, I got to experience it with uh, like a guy like Cal Ripken with, with, with my baseball team, the Orioles, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a rarity, but it's super, super special when it happens. And would it be super special if Harry Kane played his entire career at Spurs and even if he never won a trophy but scored all the goals and did all the things that he's already done and would do? Yeah, that'd be really fucking special. But if it doesn't happen, it's not going to it's not going to change the fact that he's still a, a club legend and is, you know, is is still going to be remembered in that way, but the, the breakup can be awkward. And I guess we're all just kind of waiting around with bated breath for whether or not that will or, or will not happen. And, and again, we'll likely know throughout the rest of this week. And, you know, if, if there's news, we'll, we'll probably jump on the microphones and talk about it because it's, it is one of those monumental, um, you know, club shifting moments. Um, what's not monumental or club shifting is, another season upon us now Hold on. it's a little well, well, I, go I, ahead Todd. Ask a quick question because I, I sat and i listened to everyone on this and i just gotta ask <laughs> is a trophy this season worth kane leaving on a free uh, so when you say I, worth him leaving on a free i'm curious as okay, to what no, you no, mean no. so that. just all right no 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 caveats not no, 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 no. I'm not trying to make anything you harder. What I'm trying to say is trophy. Kane leaves at the end of the season on a free and goes wherever he wants to go. It doesn't matter. But I think we get so. one more season with Kane. Yeah, and I we think get, we win it. a trophy. Is yeah, that worth? I think, worth I think so. I think and it's then, worth and it. here and I'll say this as a fan, like I want the trophy. It's not my money. It's not my balance sheet to, or budget sheet to balance. Right. So, yeah, give me, give and me that, the trophy. And that's kind of where I was going. Game. That's kind of where I was going. Worth it to me. Are you talking about the actual dollars to the club? Because I don't give a shit about that. Daniel Levy can 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 reach into his pocket and Enix pocket and and make up for for those losses. Like I don't care about the money. That's not. Would it would it be helpful to the club in the long run? Yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, but we would talked it, about how painful it would be to see Kane leave at, at the end of the season on a free. That was the point. If he goes, if he goes, to, if he goes to Chelsea, if he goes to Chelsea, then realistic. Wherever he goes in England, it's going to hurt. It doesn't matter. That's not true. If he goes to... Well, it's going to hurt more other places. I'm just saying it's going to hurt to see him come to the lane and fucking bang one in, whether he's wearing a Manchester United shirt or a Chelsea shirt. It's going to suck. Yeah. No, that's true. That's a good point. You know what? I I have emotionally divested from Harry for years now. Like, <laughs> literally, I'm, I'm saying this genuinely. Ever since the City Saga, it has not felt the same for me. Like, I don't have... I don't feel loyalty towards him. So it doesn't particularly bother me that he doesn't seem to have as much loyalty towards the club, the fans, whatever you want to say. So I'm, I'm kind of just resigned that he's going to do what he wants to do. These owners are going to do what they want to do, regardless of what the fan base wants. Cause that goes for the Bayern fan base as well. I can tell y'all it's not been a good time. <laughs> um, it's, you know, these, these major players, they, they leave a, a trail of, 
just I think frustration, what ifs, regrets, etc. In their way, and... feel about the way that the media in Germany has covered this whole thing. Well, I'll say as a Bayern fan, the media is never particularly nice to us anyway, so that's nothing new. But I mean, I, I think I can say that the fan base as a whole is pretty frustrated with the club more so than the media because we have big issues in the defense that need to be solved. Like there are other striker targets that would not involve this long drawn out saga. So it's, I, I, I think most, Bayern fans don't necessarily want to come because it's just not worth what it's taking to get him there. Mm-hmm. I I say you guys just let Matisse tell Cook and all day. Um, <laughs> my my final take on this whole experience saga is if FC Barcelona can let and watch the greatest player of all time walk out of their doors for free and lift a La Liga trophy two years later i think we can also be fine if harry leaves on a free here's the other thing god if we only played in the liga yeah no (laughs) kidding what you said a a few minutes ago about being emotionally divested from harry kane was really interesting to me because it triggered this this thought in my brain that harry kane harry kane is and, and i and i say this with all due respect harry kane's a weird dude like he's not in terms of being emotionally divested, it's really easy to do yeah, that with cheers. a guy like Harry Kane. Yeah, cheers. Yes, yeah, like cheers. let's 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 touch on that for a brief moment. No, the dude signs no. a deal with Skechers this week. Wait, like, what the fuck? I've yet to see that shit corroborated. I'm just okay. saying that story Fair. popped up and went the fuck away. Really I have to quick. agree with Todd. I'm still very suspicious of this news. Okay, let's take the Skechers out of it though. Harry Kane has not. Look, he's always gonna, you know fist pump and kiss the ring and score the goals and clap the fans. Like the one thing I always loved about Harry Kane is that he always, after any match at home goes and, and, and claps the fans and, and, and celebrates them. But he's also, he's not the type that you would never see Harry Kane, for example, giving an interview like Eric Dyer did about Delhi Alley earlier this summer. You would never see Harry Kane. Like there's some things about Harry Kane that make it easy to, emotionally divest from him he de- or i guess not as not as emotionally invest like we do in, with players well, like, like when you LA try to force move the city well or that thing. no oh, no but, it, but it's but it's been but it's been way before that scott I'm i talking think about what Harry you're Kane saying is he's very typically like stereotypically english very reserved like he doesn't let people in he doesn't let the fans in the way that other players on the team have so that's what i'm trying to say and you and you did it much more gracefully yes that's exactly what i'm trying to say and i think that makes of his yeah it's what but it but it but it, my point is it's what makes it easy to kind of just say harry whatever you want man do do your thing and we'll be here cheering for you if you're in lily white and honestly we'll be here cheering against you if you're in any other color that, that plays in england and that's kind of where i'm at with it um like dude no but it's a great it's honestly a great point and caroline you put it you put it just perfectly that he 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 plays that that role that the English expect, you know, from their superstars. Unfortunately, he does it well. He is one of those players that I don't feel like I know, you know. I've, I I really don't feel like I, like, know who that guy is. And there's, like, I, I, I was so upset when the Mello left, right? 
like and and here i'm talking about whatever game just go or go or stay dude it's fine and it's that you're, you're right it's that emotional attachment i will say though sometimes it's good not to know about players because sometimes we find out things about players we don't want to know so. that's also a very fair point yeah. very very true um guys let's get into talking about this season um and kind of where we're at through all of this with this squad this bloated squad which is up up somewhere between 35 and 40 players uh depending on who you ask um and probably needs to cut down to about 25 uh by the time sunday rolls around um i'm not exactly sure when the actual squad is going to be you know posted it'll, it'll probably happen sometime in the next few days and we probably could have waited to do a pod until that but um but we wanted to get one out for the listeners because we want to talk about this this upcoming season i guess where I want to start is, um, you know, in, in terms of questioning kind of like how we narrow this down, as I mentioned earlier, Joe Rodon seems to be on his way to Leeds on a loan. I, I have a feeling over the next few days, we're going to hear about a lot of loan deals that are struck. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably going to hear about a lot of outgoings that are struck. But how does this squad, and, and, and Scott mentioned it earlier, there's probably a homegrown issue a little bit here in this squad too, but how do you get this squad down right now for a team that has no Europe um, is going to have the cup matches a little bit earlier than usual this year because there's no Europe. Um, but th- there's only going to be really like one game a week from, from here on out or thereabouts. There'll be a couple, couple weeks in there with, with multiple, but um, there's not going to be a lot of playing time to go around. And this team seems pretty damn set from a, from an incoming standpoint, at least I, I, I would like one more, starting caliber center back but um that's that's just me but todd how do you how do you whittle this thing down is it is it is i have a feeling we might see even see just a lot of contracts ripped up right um you're gonna see a little bit of that uh for some of the some of the folks that are towards the end of their contract with spurs potentially towards the end of their careers i'm sure that an an amicable agreement could be reached um you're gonna see a lot of i'm not gonna do it i'm you um, you're going to see a lot of uh, Harry Winks to Sampdoria type of loans coming up here in the next few days. That wouldn't shock me in the least. Um, I would see you're going to see a lot of the English folks head uh, the, the younger English folks specifically head uh, to lower leagues. Um, <clears throat> but I think that you're going to be surprised at the amount of players that are actually left once we start the season. I think it's 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 going to be similar to like a Danny Rose sort of situation where you're going to have some senior players that are just like no squad numbers playing with the under 21s, just trying to figure it out. That's where we are. But to be fair, that's where a lot of the great teams are. And we just don't hear about it because we haven't been them. Do you remember when like Danny Drinkwater was playing like Chelsea signed him for like 58 million euros, something from Leicester. He was playing with the under 18s with no squad number two years later on a team that won the Champions League. Like, we're not the only ones with squad issues. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of moving parts in the next few days, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we kept more people than you think we're going to. And to be fair, with our squad injury history and our medical staff's fucking track record, keeping a little bit of a heavier squad around isn't a terrible idea. Well, we've already we've already kind of like we talked about last week. We talked about Lacelso and the fact that like nobody would have expected him to come out of this this summer as a guy who's going to be really in it um, and really in the mix. But but you know, all of a sudden he falls in love with 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 our Australian uncle and and things are things are kicking off. 
Um, I think Ivan Perisic is another one that I'm kind of like surprised and, you know, kind of still rolling. Uh, and, and he's still here. So like, are we expecting a guy like that to stick around? There's just, there's a few names that I'm surprised are still here. Um, I think center back is definitely still the, the one spot where, like I mentioned, Rodon is, seems to be on his way out, but is there a deal for Sanchez? Is there a deal for Tanganga? We know Dyer's going to stick around because he just wants to, and you know, that's going to happen. He's going to play out his contract. Um, but like, there's still some names in here, Dakota, that I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for, I'm ready for this, the, the, the cleanup, the cleanup on aisle N17 to happen. Yeah, I think, um, I think Friday is the deadline for the squad list to be submitted to the Premier League. Um, so I think like what Todd just said, and like you just mentioned, uh, I, we're going to see a lot of movement this, this week, probably, I think the priorities will be the more quote unquote valuable players. So your Tongi and Dombele's, maybe your even Perisic's, um, guys like that. And once we get to the nitty gritty Thursday ish, maybe then, yeah, we'll see some, some contracts ripped up, um, and, and some guys mutually moved on. I think is probably how that will uh, will be announced. But yeah, uh, I know we've got a list of of players, right? Maybe we can just like go through the lists and see who do we need to get rid of. Um, well, I, I mean, I think we have another think- we have another hour and a half at this point because I feel like that list is really <laughs> long. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Pierre Pierre is going to be the the interesting one, right? Because he can very obviously do a job in the system, especially if Pedro Porro is going to be anywhere on the field playing in a defensive role. Um, By the way, that's that's something that we need to we need to pause on. <laughs> uh, we we did get a we did get a question from from Hotspur Sam. Should Poro ever start at right back for us ever again? Well, I'll continue to remind people like I did. Uh, at the end of last season, the man is not a right back. He is a right wing back slash right wing. And the answer to the question very simply is no, he, he cannot play defensively. He's not a defensive yeah. player. And the, the more complex answer is Emerson Royale is right there. So why would he be starting? Anyway? Man, I, well said. I just, I'm so happy you guys have finally come around on Emerson Royale. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the club. Well, okay, I listen, mean, he here's what I'll say about that is some stuff right there. <laughs> My man still tried a no look pass that went for not in a fucking charity game. And yeah, dude, he is we, he is we can quintessential we can Emerson, Royale on Emerson Royale. Let's be honest, dude. Emerson Royale is amazing. I've been there right, right there with you, Dak, but he is he is our starting right back. He should be trying no look passes. I mean, it's an inch plus to Koglu, right? That's what he came here to do. So yeah, I don't know. Let the, I, I, let I'm, the boys I'm play. on everything, no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I, honestly, you know, we were talking about it a little bit off air, but I've got 29 people that I think have been in and around the first team in these friendlies, right? I've, I think I've counted every single one. It's Vicario, Forster, Austin, Romero, Van Deven, who will be Sanchez, Davies, Dyer, Poro, Royale, Udogi, Reggion, Tanganga. 
Then Basuma, Skip, Madison, Bentecor, Lacelso, PEH, Divine, Sar, Tongi, Kane, Richarlison, Valise, who will be, Sun, Kulu, Solomon, Perisic. You got to cut five of those people, right? Of those 29 well, that we I, listed. I, 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 could cut, I could cut 10 of them, my dude. I mean, here's the problem. Like, you, you mentioned Valise. We don't know for sure that he's going to be in the first team. You mentioned PEH. I, I think he's could, an could, obvious one. Yeah. PEH could be sold yep. and Dombali could be sold. Yep. Uh there's so many names that you just ripped off that I'm like, well, what, wh- why? Tanganga's another well, one I said. Like, why, why well, are these yeah, guys I mean, around if they're not going to actually be around? Exactly. And so I think it, this is a, an exercise in thought, right? Is what this is live, live for the listeners. But I think PEH and Regulon probably got to go. Tanganga's going to go, right? Um, that, that, the only other three that I think you have to to consider and again i say this because of the homegrown rule divine has has to be in the first team from a homegrown perspective i just don't know how that doesn't happen which that's great for for him players get an opportunity because of some weird rule to be in the first team and then they get a chance to play and who the fuck knows he's a real talent right so but i think divine has to be in and around the first squad so the other three that i can think of beyond peh regon tanganga um are obviously and, and tongi sorry so there's four I think those four have to go, right? And then you got to find one more out of, in my opinion, Valise, Parasit, and Dyer. Dyer and Parasit aren't going anywhere, so I think Valise probably ends up, like Todd said, with the U21s, and then we see what happens. Or maybe Kane sold, right? And Kane's a striker that 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 uh, that is removed from the list, but he's homegrown, so that leaves another problem right there. So either way, I think what I'm saying is PEH, Regulon, Tanganga, and Tongi have to be moved on this week i really do believe right and then you got to find one more and it's probably belize but but five five guys got to get trimmed from that 29 and i hear what you're saying but i think it's a little more complicated than you're making it out to be to be honest well i mean look it it, it, it could also be way more simple like but also what if they need what if they need to keep regulon around as backup to adogi like i know we've all yeah, really like then who goes because the not not the not homegrown comes in here you know exactly right so, it's yeah like so is it so don't know okay the, no you get regulon has gone you keep van Vin, and you bring in somebody uh another center back and then mickey slides over to play backup to adobe well maybe it is just that simple who knows i i mean well, I, and on comes back in january or whenever i don't fucking know mm-hmm. january of what year exactly i uh, I mean, he's still on the books. He's hurt, so we can't sell him. Well, I hear you, but you know, there's a lot of other guys that are that are you know that are chomping at the bit to get in there too. That 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 just haven't. I mean, it, it, this thing will sort itself out. I, I I don't I don't think we need to go through and like do a a check yes or no to every player, but it is it is a Scott. You say it's not it's not complicated. I I think it's a little complicated, and that's why I brought up at the start of this. There may be an, a, an instance where eventually you're just ripping contracts up and and eating the money. Which, by the way, to my point that I made earlier on in the podcast, it ain't my money, and I'm fine with that. If that's what yeah, they got to do, what you got to do. If that's what they got to do to get this, you know, this thing where it needs to be, numbers wise, I'm down with it. Um, let's let's talk about the season itself, though. Like, I, I know we kind of tangentially know who this is who who's going to be involved here but what are our what are our expectations for this season and and what are we actually think you know is plausible for this team um just just you know 
on a on a grand scheme of things type of scale where, where are we at with table finish cup runs just you know expectations for individual players i mean i've got my eye on a few players that i'm really like expecting something from but um other than that it's like i'm i very much have no expectations in terms of a, a table finish this might be the first season uh in close to a decade probably where spurs i think have the widest range of outcomes in terms of their table finish um based on what we know and what we don't know going into the season well yeah i think that we're gonna have an entirely different conversation after the brentford match because that'll basically determine by all accounts whether or not kane stays if kane stays we're having an entirely different conversation about our table finish and our cup outlook and our european hopes for next year than we are if he leaves. If he leaves, we got to figure out if Richarlison can start in the fucking Premier League again. We got to figure that out. We, we've got we got to figure out if if Son's going to slide into the to the nine, and we're gonna we're gonna play Solomon on the wing. We don't we don't we don't know what the hell this team is going to look like until after we figure out whether Harry Kane's going to be here or not. And that's just he's the captain. He's actually Caroline, where, now. Well, yeah, is he? He's the yeah. actual captain now. Caroline, where are you at with the, just the the range of outcomes, the possibilities for this team? Because I I honestly feel as if they could slide into the Champions League, but they also could finish tenth or eleventh. Like that's that's how wide I think this 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 gap is that they could they could somehow slot into. I don't think I would see them realistically falling that low. There's just a lot of variables with other teams have made a lot of changes. I mean, I feel like you look at a team like Aston Villa, they've had a pretty cohesive transfer strategy, although we said that in the past. So who knows? Um, But they did manage to get into Europe over us this past season. Um, And business casual is a good coach. He is a good coach and we have to acknowledge that that's, that's very true. And I, I feel like it's impossible to predict our table finish this season. I think the one solid goal that I want us to have is to go on a plucky cup run because we've been so close in recent seasons to some of those trophies and it just felt like the will wasn't there because of the management. So I would like to see us actually take the cup seriously, like whatever the outcome is, like just actually put some effort into it. So that's all I've got. I really don't know what to expect. By the way, you, you say you say you couldn't see us finishing like 10th or 11th. I mean, Chelsea did finish 12th last season. So like that's that's the only reason I feel like the, the slide is in the realm of possibility. Like if this defense looks. Yeah, but I don't think our management is as bad as theirs has been. <laughs> no, that's so. fair. But I mean, to, to, to Andrew's point, like Ange has made it very clear that you know, his success usually comes in year two. There's always going to be a transitionary period. I could legitimately see us coming out of the gates and getting smacked around by a couple of those top, you know, like six through 10 teams and everybody looking around going, God, what is Tottenham's story? And then things start to click somewhere along the line and we make a strong run towards the end of the year. I, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, stranger things have certainly happened in this league and we've got the talent to do that. Um, I don't know, Andrew. Realistically, top six is 
I think probably pretty spot on if we're, we're being a hundred about it. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like we, we have a champions league run in us yet just because the defense is too porous. That's, that's like, even that's, if you get those center backs in fucking Pedro Poro is still trotting out there on a weekly basis is bad. That's kind of where I'm at. And honestly, you, you finished sixth. you make the Europa league this season. I think that's, I think it's a really successful season for, for, for where we're at from going to, to no Europe and eighth to, you know, overhauling it to, to the extent that they have. And it's, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned like, yeah, we're probably going to get smacked around a little bit by the six through 10 crowd. Well, we are kind of the six through 10 crowd. You know, they, they, we finished eighth last season. And by the way, the first team on the docket is a team that finished one point and one place behind us in Brentford. And that's the kind of team that I really fear. Like this, this first match for me, is a really really difficult one and it's i think they're the perfect um they're the perfect type of team to beat want to counterattack and yes. beat, and 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 beat the hell out of a of a, of a weak defense dakota you, beat you seem to disagree seem to, on the yeah exactly exactly and that's kind of what they'll be able to do if we're playing this the ball that we we, we look like we want to play dakota do you do you disagree with that yeah, I do. Uh, Brentford has a lot of talented players. Thomas Frank is a good coach. Um, but their analytical approach is really going to be tested this year because they have lost some really good players, including their goalkeeper. Um, they absolutely fleeced Arsenal by getting $30 million for a keeper with one year left on his deal uh, as a backup. And so I, I, if Brentford's in, if their approach doesn't pay off this time, which they, honestly, there's no reason to think that it won't, um, it got them to the premier league and it's being adopted by clubs like ours for a reason, cause it works. Um, but if it's even a little bit off, they could be in some trouble this year. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot probably halfway through the season. I'm not going to learn a lot about Brentford on, on Sunday. I don't think we're necessarily going to learn a lot about us on Sunday either. Um, probably going to be a mid mid season kind of check-in for us too. Um, where I'm at for this season, give me, give me a top half finish and some good vibes and I will be happy going into the summer of 2024 because like Todd just said, and, and a system 20 second year, you see leaps and bounds. Um, luckily we've got some already pretty good players um and we've brought in a couple more and who knows what the rest of the week has to hold you know so we'll see we'll see who comes in we'll see how quickly these guys adapt i do think the way that Ange plays suits a lot of the guys that we have a little bit better than our last couple of managers and hopefully they will be enjoying that uh i'm looking at hyungman's son um in when i say that so so I, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in this game on Sunday, um, but check in with me at, at, at Boxing Day, and I'll, I'll tell you how I feel. Scotty, this team scored uh, the fifth most goals in the Premier League last year, scoring 70 goals, but they also allowed 63. That is that the biggest kind of difference in what's going to make make or break this team? going going into this season and 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 where they can potentially finish on the table because to me it, like it all goes back to the defense but also like we're talking about with a Brentford match coming up on Sunday like that's the kind of match where I could easily see you know and look 
Tony will be a big miss for Brentford, obviously, but I could easily see them countering the shit out of us and doing some damage and scoring three or four goals right off the bat. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you start looking at that number 63 less. Like I, I feel like Spurs have to definitely lower that number to at least 55 to, to, to be in the running for anything, which I know doesn't sound like a huge gap, but, but it would make a, a big difference. Yeah. I mean, the defense is, is the biggest question to, to, to our success without question. A lot of work to do as Caroline said earlier in the pod. Um, but, but I think we, we have it in us to, to have a decent season. I, I would peg us for, for, seventh place potentially sixth if i if i had to guess on a spot itself i'd be okay with anywhere five through ten i'd be thrilled with anywhere one through ten right but let's be be realistic and say anywhere five through ten is great and i i honestly think that we could go and win a cup this season i'm not going to buy into the tottenham and trophy curse and all that bullshit right we just you go win football matches and I have every reason to think Postacoglu is going to before every first of all we have no europe right which is something i've been asking for for you know months now dating back to before last season ended we have it got to take advantage of that for me that's not top four that's a cup right taking advantage of no europe is winning a trophy finishing somewhere in the realm of europa league potentially a great season but screw we have to- screw europe scott 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 says he is he is brexit right there i get it hey man good, good call. win the damn cup all right win the trophy <laughs> but but honestly yeah. i really think i really think plus the Koglu sits down with a very strong lineup before every FA Cup and Carabao Cup match and says, I don't care about anything that we hear or see or do, just go win a fucking football match, right? It's 11 men versus 11 men in this case. Go win the football match. And, and I think that's kind of what we need in these cup matches. We we honestly, Caroline, you put it, you, 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 your bit about we need to, to give the cup run and we can't give the cup run really resonated with me. And it, it, it just had me thinking about the cups we probably could have won over the past seven years if we would have taken those competitions more seriously. Um, I really do believe that we had opportunities and didn't take them. So let's just go you take one. Not of place Youngman son at left wing back. Thank you. Yeah, I was. I was honestly going to say exactly Poch, what I was Poch included in that for sure, right? Pochettino, Mourinho, Conte, all of them, right? I think made poor decisions. I think we've talked about it on the show. It's three managers in a row making super weird cup decisions you know, more than just a, a coincidence. Um, is there something larger at play, like the people they work for, blah, blah, blah. We, we'll never know, right? But but ultimately, we need to go and 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 win a cup this season. I think that would do wonders for this project. If Postacoglu can lift our first trophy since, what, 2008, um, then I think he, he feels like he came here and built a foundation and um, probably already exceeded expectations, right? But 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 knows that he can build something super special off of something like that. So let's uh, let's wrap this preview side of things. I, I didn't I didn't um, prompt you guys with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to to all of you on the spot. Who's the one player in this team that you're most excited to watch this season, Dakota? Let's start with you. Hmm. And it can be someone off the wall or someone obvious. I just, I'm, I, I'm, in terms of your expectation level, in terms of, you know, kind of what what you whether you want to see a bounce back season from a player, whether you're just excited to see a young player. Who who's the guy that 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 you're really going to have your eye on and really going to have your expectation and your hype up for? It's Eve Basuma, for me. Um, as you guys yeah. know, I'm a, I'm a closeted Brighton fan. 
Uh, so I've been watching. You're not very closeted long. about it. Let's be honest. No, I'm. I'm not. It's. It's got the like the bead. I've got a bead door. You can see right through it. Uh, I so I've been watching Ibisuma for a while. Uh, and when we signed him, I was very excited because I know what this guy can bring to a football pitch and what what he does to make everybody around him better, not just be an incredible footballer himself. And I think the way Ange plays, he can truly slot in any of those places in the midfield and do it well. Um, so I'm excited to watch Eve Basuma be Eve Basuma this year. Um, and he's got his number eight. So maybe he feels better about playing, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good, all that good stuff. Of but course. the Eve numbers Basuma are very is, important is my answer. Caroline, where do you go with this one? Who's your who's your player to watch? Uh, who who's 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 got you all hot and bothered coming into this season? <laughs> well, I'll I'll say two players from existing players. I'm excited for Sun's comeback season, which I have full faith in happening. And out of the new players, I think I'm most excited to watch Mickey Van Deven, um, just because it'll be nice to have a good defender. <laughs> I mean that's all there is. Oh, to it. wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? TC, Hopefully. who's your Hopefully. who's your one to watch for the season? It's James Madison because we actually have a legitimate number ten for the first time since Christian Erickson left. That I've been calling for James Madison since he was at Coventry City. So it makes me super fucking happy that that guy's wearing Lily White. He's super happy to be in Lily White, which I think is going to make him really exciting to watch this year. Yeah. I think that's a really great shout. James Madison would have been on my list. Scott, where are you at? I'm going to go last. I, I hope you don't take the player I'm thinking of, but I don't think you will. Good. Well, I, I'm glad Todd said Madison because he was my honorable mention. He he, he did come to mind, but for me, it, it's Cudi Romero. And and I only say that because I, I, I think he's going to thrive in this system. I think he's been begging for a chance to press up and win balls back and you know not fear the over-the-top ball and, and just honestly – uh, pin pin the opponent back with his ability, um, and he'll be mixed in with offensive opportunities too, which we all know he he has to take. Right, he cannot not take those opportunities. It's, uh, so I'm I'm really excited to see what he does. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he ends up on the team of the season. Actually, um, wow. and, and it's a bit of a risk because I don't think we'll finish high enough for for like the media to give their hoopla around you know anybody that doesn't finish in the top four or whatever. But I really do think that that he he will be uh, up, uh he will be on the team of the season at the end of the year. I, I really just think that everything Postacoglu is going to do is is going to center around Romero's abilities. That's fair enough. Um Caroline, I'm going to you you just put this in our chat and you said you almost said Lacelso for a comeback season. I, I think that's a great shout. Um mm. the other player that I wanted to give honorable mention to is Destiny Adogi. I think that he's going to be really exciting to watch. There's going to be some growing pains there, but I'm I'm pumped about that. But honestly, the player that I, I, I'm super intrigued by, and it's really just a mystery standpoint for me, I, I want to see what he can become and if he can be not only one for now, but one for the future. And this might surprise some people, but it's Manor Solomon. I really like what I've seen from him in the preseason, and I'm not pushing Hyungmin Sun out the door. Let's 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 just put the foot down right now and and call that what it is. I'm not, but if we see anything like we saw last year from Sonny, I would love to see Manor Solomon step in and 
grab a roll and take it and just run with it. That would be really fun for me. And I, and from what I've seen from him so far, it's almost, he's almost um, like a, a better and like, I don't know, more controlled version of Lucas Mora is what I see yes. in him. Well, it's because he and dribbles. We it's because he dribbles like and doesn't. Right. Exactly. He's dribbly. And I think that if that dude can come in, you know, even if it's in a mostly substitution role, coming in for Sonny and get his 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 share of starts. But if that dude can come in and get us somewhere between eight and 12 assists this season and score a couple of goals, too, I think that would be really fun to watch. And I think he's a, a player that could really make an impact off the bench. So I'm really excited to see what he can do now. But also, could he be like the heir apparent? And I'm excited to see that come about. Um, some might have expected me to say Richarlison just because of, you know, what we experienced with him last year. But no, I'm going to, like I said, last year was a free pass for Richarlison. We'll see what he does this year. But I'm excited to see what Solomon can do coming in and and kind of go from there. So that should be fun. Um, I thought you yeah. were going to say Emerson Royale. No, it's definitely not Emerson Royale. I can I can assure you that I can assure you that my favorite position on the soccer field, which remains right back, leaves me wanting this season because I don't think we have a right back that is great on this team yet. Still, um, I think we have a good right wing back and a good right wing in Pedro Poro, and I think we have a decent to okay right back, especially in this system in Emerson. Royale. I think he's got the capability to have great games. And I think he's got the capability to look like an absolute turd on the field. And I hope we get a lot more of the great games versus the turd games because the turd games can be really, really painful, especially when you've got a lack of center back quality back there. So that, that makes it, uh, makes it really, really tough. Um, season kicks off Sunday. This is, this is, this is where we're at. We're excited about it. Um, we're going to, we're going to get into it, but before we, before we get out of here, I do want to do a little check-in on the women's world cup because that has been exciting and also disappointing for, for fans of the U S team. Obviously uh, they go out to Sweden on penalty kicks uh, this past weekend. Um, but there is still, still a lot of other fun action And Caroline. I know you've been, as, as we mentioned, like burning the candle at both ends for this thing um, and, and watching more of it than probably the rest of us combined. But what have been your big observations? We're now down to the quarterfinals in this thing uh, as we record. Um, and it's, it's been really, really, ex- a really exciting tournament with a lot of good surprises and a lot of cool surprises for Spurs women too. A lot of, you know, really good um, just performances in general and, and, and runs from, from some of the players involved with, with, with the Spurs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's disappointing to see Jamaica and Morocco go out in this round. Um, I think Jamaica especially really impressed me with their defensive solidity, the whole tournament. Um, and I, I honestly thought they were going to beat Colombia, but here we are. Um, <laughs> Colombia have been a force to be reckoned with and, it's great to see teams that, you know, this is like either their debut tournament or they're making history with getting farther in the tournament than they ever have before. Like it's, it's a positive all around for the sport. Um, as for the U S I mean, I think we all kind of knew if we didn't know before the tournament, that group stage was like a major wake up call that this was not our year. And I still think we should have gotten past Sweden and, you know, we can talk about how that went down, but uh, 
I think it's pretty obvious now that a change of, of manager is needed. Some rethinking about squad selection is needed tactics. Um, and, you know, it's, I feel a little bad for some of the players who, who had poor performances because I think quite a few of them were being played out of position or just not, not to their best effect tactically. Um, you know, Alex Morgan sticks out as one example, but I, I'm still excited to watch the rest of this World Cup. I, I personally think Japan is the team to beat because they've been so adaptive throughout the tournament. They've faced different styles of opponents and had answers for every single one of them. Um, and just an incredibly deep roster and a very well-rested re- well roster because they were able to do some rotation throughout the group stage. So, yeah, that's the team I'm the most scared of, I would say, if I were facing them. It's so funny you bring up Alex Morgan. I did not, I don't think I realized this. I heard the stat uh, today or yesterday. Do you know that if you take out that game against Thailand in which the United States won 13 nil, I believe it was uh, in 2019, Alex Morgan has two career World Cup goals. She had five in that game. She has seven for her career. So she has two aside from that one game, which is really, really something. Um, I'm not here to be an Alex Morgan uh, hater, but that is, well, that is pretty I- damning. What I would say to that is that I think if you look at her club career, it's obvious that obviously she's a very talented player. Um, I don't think the system we were playing under Vlatko suited her. And actually, there was a quote that came out uh, where basically he had admitted that he was wanting her to be like Katarina Macario, which obviously is impossible. So that's not, was, yeah, that's not a thing. She was set up for failure. Um, she's not the only one. Crystal Dunn being shunted back to left back. Um, you know, Julie Arts, I think she did a fabulous job at center back, but obviously we would have preferred to see her in the midfield. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought her and Germa were a great were a great center back duo. I thought they played very well, but obviously you'd like her in the midfield. And like you said, you'd like Dunn to be up a field more, but Dunn has always kind of played that left back role really well for for the for the national team. And I, I didn't think she had a bad daily of the US. <laughs> right. And look, I want to make it really clear. I am not here to besmirch the, the good name of Spurs legend Alex Morgan, but that was that was tough. And it's a tough way to go down. And, you know, Rapino certainly didn't cover herself in any glory either with her performance in, in the opportunities that she got. Sometimes you just got to realize that these players are in their mid to late 30s and it's it's tough to do. It's a tough thing to, you know, to continue to play at that high level, especially when the rest of the world has clearly caught up. And before, you know, before I hear from Shuban, who, because of time zones, was not able to join us on this episode, <laughs> I talked a ton of shit about the U.S. and, and how England's not going to win it. But I got to be honest, that was all on the podcast. Behind the scenes, I never thought the U.S. was going to win this World Cup. And y'all can back <laughs> me on that. Or you can just throw me to the wolves and say, no way. But I, I never thought the U.S. had a chance in this World Cup. And, because, and that's simply because the rest of the world has indeed caught up. I think that's true. You know, the thing that really surprised me the most about our performances was Sophia Smith. And this oh, is not yeah. to like throw her under the bus, but she had been on fire at club level to the point where going into the cup, I was like, she's unstoppable. Like she is scary good right now. And she, I mean, besides scoring the brace in that first group stage game against Vietnam, she really didn't show up either. So I I think a lot of blame has been placed on the veterans of the team, but it's, it's not, that's not the full story. I don't feel like, you know, 
I I feel like no not just Sophia Smith. We can I think we can say this of of the whole team. They they kind of showed up for the first group stage game and then just increasingly disappeared with each game that was played after that. And it's well, like and so they only kind so... of showed up for that game. They beat Vietnam 3-0. Right. That's a game they easily right. should have won 7 or 8-0. Like, not to say yeah. that any right. team should just expect to win a game, but you should have won that game by more than 3-0. Yeah, and then, you know, so much so that we get to a crucial crucial game and credit to the Sweden's keeper stood on her head, had the game of her life. Um, she may never play that good ever again. As, as talented as Hopefully she is. Hopefully not for Chelsea uh, this season. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then kind of let her off the hook in the penalty shootout. Um, yep. Didn't make her necessarily earn that penalty shootout win. So, um, yeah, wake-up call for sure. And it, it's time to it, – it's, it's a bummer that that is the way that this kind of older generation – is going to be escorted out the door. Such I, I don't know that I've seen a more brutal ending to a game. Um, could have scored three or four in 90 minutes, a couple extra in extra time, and then to have arguably your three most automatic penalty takers just miss the frame and then to lose by a millimeter after a save is just... You you can't write that kind of ending. So no. hopefully it, it is something that springboards um, not just the women's team, but let's say the entire federation because the men's team kind of need a kick in the pants too. Uh, there are a hey, lot of parallels, aren't there? It's kind of tough. <laughs> bo- both of the next World Cups, you know, fingers are crossed. It's not been announced yet. Both of the next World Cups are going to be held on U.S. soil. So maybe let's go win them both. Yeah, that would that would, that would be nice. That would be nice. Caroline, if my calculations are correct, and please um, tell me that I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but it, 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 I think that Beth England is the only remaining Spurs women player in the World Cup with England, correct? Or, or am I missing someone? I think that that's right, though. No, I think you're right. Yeah, because Morocco's no. out, Jamaica's out, Switzerland is out, Canada's out. So, yes, it is just Beth. Yeah. So just and she Beth, did score so, a penalty in in England's yes. penalty shootout. So I did. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I did want to make sure we yes. got that in as well. Uh, England take on Colombia in the quarters. Australia play France. Japan play Sweden. By the way, that is such a good matchup. Uh, Japan Sweden, and then the other quarter is uh, Spain and the Netherlands. So um, really, four really good quarters in this Women's World Cup to go. Uh, they will be played later this week. Um, I think the Spain-Netherlands game is the first one up. Yeah, that's on the 10th, uh, one of them on the 11th, and then two on the 12th. So still a couple of weird times for these games. It's still, you know, not super great. And I even think the final is like a a, a rough time. I think it's like a, th- I'm pretty sure it's like a 6 a.m. Eastern, 3, a- 3 a.m. Pacific final. Um, but of course, you know, <laughs> When it's a World Cup final, you you can make do. Plus, it's on a Sunday, so uh, hopefully people can 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 get the coffee brewed early for that one. Um, I'm pretty sure Spurs don't. I'm pretty sure the men's team doesn't even play that day. I'm gonna as I vamp here and look that up really quick. No, they play on the 19th. 
instead. They play the, the, the Man United game. The first home game is on the 19th. So no Spurs game that day to deal with. Wake up and watch the World Cup final. Um, it should be really, really fun. Um, we're going to be back with you guys this weekend after the Brentford match to talk about that and what we've seen from Ange's first match. And then, of course, as I mentioned, they they play uh, the following Saturday, the first home game is against Manchester United. So um, we and we'll be ramping up the Spurs women talk once the World Cup ends, too, because there will be they'll be hitting the ground running with their, you know, quote unquote preseason. Um, th- there already are some some players in training, but obviously the the, the players that have been at the World Cup going to get a little break after that and uh, and ramp up to the start of their season come september so uh thanks for bearing with us on the late pod this week thank you to all the listeners for reaching out at tottenham depot on uh, the website formerly known as twitter uh you can reach us there you can reach us on instagram as well we are also now on threads although not really sure who i think everybody joined threads for like a week and thought it was going to be a thing and then it went away but we 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 are finally on threads you can reach us there as well you can also uh, reach us via email at Tottenham Depot at gmail.com if you need to get in touch there. Uh, be sure to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice too. That really does help spread the word about the show and uh, gets gets us noticed a little bit more. That really helps us out. And uh, you can follow Dakota at Dakota J Booth. You can follow Caroline at CG Stefko. Follow Scott at DSM Spurs. Follow Todd at TC underscore show. You can follow me at Ace Detka. I'll even throw Shuban in the mix even though he wasn't able to join us. You can follow him at the real Shuban. And again, follow us at Tottenham Depot for all the latest as we uh, we dive right in this season. It's it's the middle of August. It's still summer, but the season is here and uh, we will be here to talk to you every week about it going forward. As always, come on, you Spurs.